This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Morning, everybody. Okay, I'm going to say it one time. God bless Texas. Yeah, that's more like it. Come on. Uh, I'm going to talk real fast. I always do. I grew up in a big family, most of them women. So nobody takes turns when you talk. So if you want to talk, you got to say it quick. And so we got a brand new book. We, uh, during the COVID thing, uh, we got real busy. Staff, I, I worked them. They were so glad when we went back on the road. They were so happy when I went back because I worked them hard. So we had several books we're trying to get out. So we put out two. This is one of them called The Four Kinds of Kids. Now, I've taught this for 30 years. And people would ask me, you got that in a book? I said, no. You got that in a book. That's in your Bible. You're reading Proverbs. It's four Kinds of Kids, Proverbs 1. So you got that in the book? No, it's in your Bible. If I got a book, you got to pay money for it. You can get it in your Bible for free. Just read Proverbs. So finally, I put it in the book. It's still in the Bible. You can get it here for free. The Giddings will give you one. Or you can spend $8 and get it for me. But I got all this from this. It's deep. It's deep. There's only four kinds of kids in the Bible. Proverbs 1. There's wise, simple-minded, foolish, and scornful. Wise kids live a long time are filthy, stinking rich, have favor of the king, can scale the wall and tear it down and make it, take it captive. Good things happen to wise kids. You want a wise child. How do you get that? Well, the fear of God's the beginning of wisdom. So you need to pray every day. Father, teach my children to fear you for the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. With that wisdom comes long life, riches, and honor. What do you want? Long life, riches, and honor. How do you get that? Well, it comes from fearing God. How do you get that? You've got to ask God for it. So I don't care if your children are 35 or five. You need to pray every day. Father, I give you permission. Teach my children to fear you. Because the other three, the simple-minded, the foolish, and scornful, nothing good happens to them at all. It's downhill. So stay wise. So this book is nothing but the four kinds. It's nothing but Proverbs from cover to cover, all scripture. And so it'll really bless you though. So uh, it's loaded. You want to have a wise child. It's not what you did. It's what you're going to do. I have to, well, I wish I'd have known that. Well, I wish I'd have, well, I wish I'd have known that too. I wasn't born with this stuff. You have to find it out. So if you chase God, you'll get it and then he'll bless you. So your latter days will be a whole lot better than your former. So give it a run, the four kinds of kids. That's the advertising. Now, this is, uh, when, when the COVID thing hit, I am the holy preacher of my family. Uh, I'm the only preacher of my family and I happen to be Pentecostal and it messes with all of them. So I don't get invited to a lot of stuff. I just don't. And, and I'm really nice. I'm very friendly, but I just don't get invited to a lot of stuff. And so, but when hell lands, the phones will light up. And so normally I'm just Joe. It's just Joe. It's not Joe, so my name's just Joe. Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. And, but when hell lands, it's like, hey, preacher. Hey, preacher. Can I ask you a question? Sure. And so that thought maybe the world was coming to an end. And so I set all my kids down there. What I have in my hand, I've had for years. This piece of paper, this is old. Now it's just, and I got two of them. So this is what I tell my kids every time something nasty happens. So I've had them in my uh, file in the office forever. And so kids call, hey, Dad, what do you think's going on? Nothing. Well, you know, this COVID thing is getting kind of nasty. Uh-huh. Well, when do you think it's going to go away? It's not. Flu's been around forever. It's just a new kind. The disease has been around forever. Uh, you know, it's, nothing's new. Satan is the God of this planet. He steals, kills, and destroys. Our job is to resist him. It's real simple. There's two kinds of people. There's those that are born again and those that are not. 
there are those that are in the family, those out of the family, and so we're supposed to be reaching those outside the family. We're supposed to love people, not preach to them, love on them. And so every time my kids do, so this is a, just a three-minute introduction. I'm reading right off this piece of paper. I used to teach history, taught history for 10 years. People have something new. There's nothing new. So these are the seven major economic crises that have happened in the last 100 years to the United States of America. People think, is the world in it? No. Jesus said when he comes back, people will be eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, buying, selling, building, and planting. Jesus said it will be business as usual until the day he comes back. So nobody's going to be panicked. We're not going to be hiding in a hole. I hope Jesus comes. Well, nobody's going to be looking for him when he comes. He said so himself. So I want my kids to know this. So we start back at the 29, the big stock market crash, 1929. Now, my dad's the youngest of 12 kids. And, uh, you know, I got old relatives that were alive during the, now they're not now, most of them are gone, but they were alive when the stock market crash, 29. Uh, when World War II broke out. World War I, that wasn't that big a deal, but II was a big deal. In fact, that everybody were planting gardens in the front yard. You can't buy silver or copper or anything. There's a war going on. And so that impacted everybody. Then the next thing, this I'm going to move up, the 73 uh, oil embargo. Now, I remember this. I lived in Hicks, Tennessee, little community. I'm a little kale gas station. Gasoline was 27 cents a gallon. It was. And you, the, 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 they line up over a mile on Hickson Pie to get to this little gas station to get gas because the government would only sell you 10 gallon at a time. You couldn't buy more than 10 gallon. And there were people that got in fist fights waiting in line to get gas. Grandmothers would run out of gas. We'd try to, people would have to help them push their car up to get the 10 gallon of gas. We thought the world was coming to an end. I said, no, it's just an oil crisis. It'll pass. It, it did. Oil went way up too. The, 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 the 1981 recession, oh, this is a big one. Uh, unemployment went through the roof. People got laid off, fired, businesses were shutting down. Again, family members call, is this the end? No, it's just, it's just a mess, but it'll, it'll pass. And it did. Then, then the 87 black market, oh man, that was a big one. People did jump off some roofs on that one. The Dow dropped 500 something points. It was like, whoa. Uh, the 2001 dot-com crash, that took a year and a half. What is that? Well, computers started taking over everything and like, you know, money started coming from a different direction. So b business folded, but new business opened up. Wherever one door closes, another door is going to open up. So quit staring at a closed door. That's deep. <laughs> and then the 2008 great dollar corporation because they bought them out. So every time you drive by Bank of America, just remember, somebody was making money when somebody was losing money. There's always just two groups. There's not a third group. There are people chasing God and people running from God. There are people believing God and people doubting God. There's just two groups. And you have to make your mind up, what are you going to do? I don't care what happens. I'm chase God. I'll be here when Jesus comes back. Here I am, Lord. Let's go. Now this, this is the one. This messes my kids because they don't like this one. This is a scripture. It's real good. And so uh, um, I'll just paraphrase. Numbers chapter 13. Israel's been in captivity for 400 years. They've sinned. And then they'd repent. And they'd sin. They'd repent. Well, they finally repented. Oh, Lord, we're sorry. And so there were 30 pharaohs. Uh, three were uh, country pharaohs. 
27 were city pharaohs. The country pharaohs were in charge when, when all the Israelis went down there whenever they were starving to death and they gave them good land, they liked them and they were, had the favor of the pharaoh. But then the city pharaoh took over and they didn't like all these Jewish people. So they made them slaves and had to make bricks and built cities. And so they realized, so they cried out to God, God, we need help. And so what God did, he had a woman get pregnant because God doesn't move real fast sometimes. We need to deliver. Okay, this one's going to get pregnant tonight. And he's coming. Well, it took 40 years from this, you know, finally get manifested. And, but then he did something wrong, killed somebody, and he had to run off in the desert for another 40 years. So it took 80 years for him to show up. God, we need help. 80 years, he'll be there. <laughs> so, so Moses shows up, and we have the, you know, the 10 plagues, and then, then we go off to the wilderness to get the 10 commandments. It's a great story. Anyhow, they're coming to the promised land. They've heard about it their whole life. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you land. You can live in houses you didn't build, eat from vineyards you didn't plant. So here they are, this side of the river, they're gonna cross over, where are you going? Promised land. That's what God's been talking about for hundreds of years. Gonna give us our own land, have, have our own houses, and it's gonna be something. You know, we don't have to live like a slave anymore. Well, before they cross the river, number <laughs> says, they sit together and said, well, let's just pick out one man from every tribe and let's just make sure it's like God said. Because maybe he didn't tell the truth. And so 12 guys cross the river and they're over there for 40 days. And they're spying out the promised land. Well, they come back. Now you gotta read it. You gotta read it in Numbers 13. It's an incredible story. They come back and, uh, and they say, well, what was it like? Well, it was just like they said. Man, they got grapes the size of cantaloupes over there. I mean, well, one cluster of grapes, it took two men to carry it back on one pole. I mean, it is something, big old houses. It is something, man, vineyards and whatever. And said, but they said, but, but there's giants living in the land, and they're big. Ten foot, two inches tall, got six fingers, six toes. We asked them what they thought about us, and they said, you look like a grasshopper. That's what they said. It's in the Bible. I'm not making that up. <laughs> well, well, they're not all giants. There's just a few of them. You know, the sons of Anak, you know, half priest and fallen angel and human, and that's a whole other sermon. And they come and say, they're giants. Well, all of a sudden, people say, what giants in the land? And so all of a sudden, 10 spies believed it and gave an evil report, the Bible says. Two spies, Joshua and Caleb, gave a good report. They all saw the same thing. They saw the same thing. They heard the same thing. But they didn't believe the same thing. 10 said, we can't do it. We need to go back to Egypt. It's okay. No, we can do it. Let's go, man. It's a great place. Let's go. I won't get my stuff now. Let's go get it. And so two had a good report. Ten had a good report. I'll just basically say that's one out of ten. So in today's world, one out of ten people believe something good's going to happen. Nine out of ten. Oh, we're going under. We're going over. We'll never get back. Oh, dear God. No, that's not prayer. That sounds like prayer. That's not prayer. God is still on the throne. He hasn't passed out. He didn't doze off. Oh, what happened when I was asleep? <laughs> God knows what you're going to think before you think it. He's still all-powerful, all-knowing, and a good God. So what happened was, they had to go back. They, they thought, so God, he's mad. You've got to read this great story. God also gets mad and tells them, that's it. That's it. I'm not going to let him go. That's it. Ten times I've tested him on that trip from Egypt. Ten times I gave him an opportunity to use your faith. Bitter water, no food, you know, uh, no bread. And all of a sudden, I rained down food, I rained down water, but bread, I, the pillar of fire, the, uh, the cloud by day, 
I've come, and still they won't use their faith. What was God, what's God looking for? Somebody that will use their faith. So you say, when I come back there, will I find faith anywhere? What's faith? Somebody that's believing God, regardless of the circumstances or the news or whatever. What are you doing? I'm believing God. I belong to the creator of the universe. My name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. There's so many angels around me, you can't count them. God orders my steps, direct my paths, shows me things to come that nobody else knows. What are you supposed to be doing? I'm supposed to be the light and salt of this planet. I'm going to give water to the thirsty and food to the hungry. I'm going to help nurse a sick person back to health. I'm going to be a blessing to everybody I meet. I'm the light and the salt. I'm not of this world. I'm of another place. And so if you don't get that in your deep, the news won't get any better. It won't be better next year this year. It won't be better two years now. It'll get worse. Hell's coming. And so you and I have the opportunity to be alive in the greatest days of human history. There's never been a greater time. All the heroes of faith that are in heaven, they're watching us run our race, the Bible says. There's grandsons in heaven, they're watching us run our race down here. And I bet they go, woo-woo, and they're like, oh dear Lord, that's not good. And so they're recording angels. The Bible says, I will give, I will give an account when I get them of every idle deed, every idle thought, every, my life's being recorded. If I think something stupid, an angel's writing it down. So don't think stupid. The Bible says, think on these things, whatever's lovely, honest, just for another good report. Think on these things, don't think on stupid things. Why do you keep from doing that? Don't feed on stupid. You know, there's an old movie that says, stupid is what stupid does. It's in scripture. <laughs> so I give this real quick, Joshua 24, 14. God told Israel and said, choose you this day who you're gonna serve. Choose. There's always been a choice. From the Garden of Eden on, everything went south of the Garden of Eden, but God was giving them a choice. I like this, Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. God, I give you a choice between death and life, blessing and cursing. Now I call heaven and earth to witness to choose, said, oh, that you would choose life so that choosing your descendants might live. God said, I want you to choose. I'm going to give you some choices, life, death, blessing, cursing. Can you make a choice? Well, God, give me a few days to pray about it. I'm not real sure which one I want. Life, death, mm, mm, mm. Blessing, cursing, mm. I need to consult some people. Well, God gave them, hey, stupid, choose life. Yes, Lord. Thank you for the answer. Oh, that just entertains me. <laughs> Philippians 4, 8, I just quoted. He said this. He said, fix your thoughts on what is true, what's honorable, what's right, what's pure, what's lovely, what's admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Don't think about the other things. Then this is Proverbs 4, 23. He said, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. The quality of your life and my life is based on one thing, what we feed on. Now, today we got media. You know, 100 years ago, media wasn't that big a deal. You know, I, I remember I was five years old before we got a television set, and it was a big black box, had three channels. <laughs> three. And it went off at 11 o'clock at night. Ooh. Well, now we got so many we can't count all of them. Hell's pulling on you all the time. I tell people, you know, people come for me to prayer because we do seminars, so many seminars every year across the country. And people say, Brother Joe, can you agree with me for this? I said, oh, sure I can. Uh, what scripture are you standing on? What? 
What scripture are you standing on? What do you believe in God for? Because God gave promises. It's in the Bible. It's free. Volume two's not coming out. He's sticking with volume one. What, what promises are you believing for? Well, I just want things to get better. Well, what scripture are you standing on for it to get better? I don't have one. Well, it's probably not going to get better. God doesn't watch over you. God watches over his word to perform it. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the weak say I'm strong. Let the poor say I'm rich. Call those things to be not as though they are. Well, it's hard. That's right. That's why God's looking for people who only want to fight. You have to fight the good fight of faith. <laughs> you're not fighting other people. You're fighting to keep your faith strong. How do you do that? Guard your heart. Watch what you read, what you think, what you meditate on, what you listen to. You know, I've said it so many times. I got a big sign. I just did a thing in our studio last week. Got a big sign about moon pies, ancient sign. Moon pies for five cents. Old sign. So I held it up and said, you know, I remember I worked for a company one time, and uh, an old country song came up, take this job and shove it. We ain't working here no more. And uh, big plant, 300 people on the Tennessee River in Chattanooga. And that's, it'd come on, and it's noisy. OSHA hadn't showed up yet. So there so many radio stations playing. So somebody, hey, it's on, 95.5, turn your station. It's on that big noisy plant we changed. And 300 men were singing, take his job, shove it. Ain't working here no more. Take his job. And then the foreman would laugh, the supervisor would laugh, and we loved that song. And then three months later, they shut our plant down. <laughs> and today, if you ever go to Chattanooga, Tennessee, drive down Manufacturers Road, and you're looking for the Chattanooga Baking Company, because they bought our empty plant. And that's where they make moon pies now. Evidently, the moon pie people haven't sung, take this job and shove it. So watch what you feed on and what you think about. Now, it's a real short sermon. It's just a long introduction. <laughs> really? Oh, that's awesome, too. You'll you go home and look this up. This is out of Nehemiah. Most people don't read Nehemiah. Now, uh, I'll paraphrase for the second time. Nehemiah is a great story. Uh, he's working for the king, Artaxerxes, and uh, he's never been to Israel. He was born in captivity. He's heard about Israel's life, you know, in the temple and, and, the, and the city of Jerusalem where God lives. He's heard about all his life, so he's worked for the king. He's a great servant. He's been promoted up the food chain. Well, one day, some relatives come back to Jerusalem. I mean, it's 800 miles away. They show up and, hey, how you doing? How are things in Jerusalem? Well, they're bad. It's bad. Man, the wall's been torn down. The temple's been burnt. And he said, you're kidding. And the Bible says that Nehemiah cried for days. It's the home he's never been to. It's the home he's dreamed about, the home he wants to go to. It's bad. And so he just cried, well, Months go by, and he's serving the king one day after the first year, and the king notices his face, so the king likes him. And he said, Nehemiah, what's wrong with you? He said, oh, it's okay. No, it's not okay. What's wrong with you? He said, well, and so he prayed to himself, Nehemiah, Lord, give me boldness. Give me boldness. And so he said, well, I'm concerned about my city. The wall's been torn down. The temple's been torn down. People are not doing well. They don't have any protection. And he said, well, what do you want? Now, people, here, here it comes. People miss this. The king asked him, what do you want? Now, I'm a parent. I've asked my kids, what do you want? Nothing. What did I give them? Nothing. <laughs> now, I'm, a good, I'm a good parent, but I didn't give you anything you didn't ask for. And so he said, well, what do you want? He said, well, I would like to go back and rebuild the walls. He said, I need to be able to do that. And he said, uh, okay, what else you need? Well, I, don't, I need some troops to go with me, and I need some letters from you 
through all the countries that you've you know, taken over, I need letters of permission to go through. I need another letter to cut the big old cedar trees up north. I need lots of timber to rebuild those walls. I gotta build me a house. He had a list already prepared. This is the king that can kill him at a drop of a head voice. He said, well, what do you want? If anybody's gonna ask you what you want, have a list ready. Oh, I don't know. I don't need anything. I'm good. I'm fine. No, I'm not. I got a list. I'll choke a horse with my list. You want to ask me what I want? I got a list. We're believing, we're believing God for stuff all the time. The next car, the next house, the next. We believe in God constantly. I got a list. I carry it with me. I got it in my briefcase out in the car. What's that? That's my list. I pray with every day. Father, I thank you for all my needs, and I need this stuff right here. I don't need anything outside this list, but this list, I need all this list. And so the king left and said, okay, go do it. And so he left, so he comes back. Now it's a long, it takes a long time to get there. The Bible said when he came to Jerusalem, he just walked around the walls for three days. He didn't tell anybody he was there. He didn't tell about who he was. I'm here from the king. He just didn't tell anybody. He just walked around just surveying, looking at how bad it was. The third day he gets up in front of everybody and says, hey, my name's Nehemiah, I'm from the king. I'm here and we need to rebuild these walls. Who would like to help me do this? Get this place back in order. Well, they got excited. I would, I would, I would. And so they started. Now, there's a guy named Sanballat. Uh, that's just a crazy name, but he's the bad guy. He has the black hat on. Sanballat hears this guy's back. Says, Who is that? Well, he came from the king. He's going to rebuild the wall. You can't rebuild those walls. We whip, we whip these people. Well, no, they're going to rebuild the wall. We can't let that happen. And so he starts, he said, well, let's take an army down there. We'll kill him. We'll kill all of them. Well, you can't do that. He got a letter from the king. <laughs> he said, and so they start to rebuild the walls. It's going good. So it gets about halfway built. Relaying the brick and everything. Nehemiah's building a house and he's overseeing everything. And it says, all of a sudden, Sanballat showed up one day and he said, hey, 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 I know why you're here. I said, uh, why don't you come over and let's visit? And let's kind of work this thing out because uh, we're, we're kind of concerned about what you're doing. Let's sit and talk. And the Bible said, Nehemiah's on the wall laying brick. And he said, no, I can't. I got stuff to do. I said, what? And so they're sending messages back and forth. So Sanballat says, hey, no, come on. I'll buy you dinner and we'll have lunch and I won't be a blessing. Let's just see if we can work this thing out. <laughs> Nehemiah says, I can't come down off the wall. I got stuff to do. So five times this happens. And so finally he said, man, we're going we to go ahead and kill that bunch. And so what happened was the word came, Sanballat's coming. So he tells him, hey, listen, guys, we're going to have to change up what we do here. We're going to have to carry a sword in one hand and a trowel in the other. We're gonna have to lay brick at the same time we get ready to protect the city. And they had people on the other side of Jerusalem and they're waiting to see if they got attacked so they can tell each other and gather up and defend themselves. And so it says, for days they did not get undressed. They slept with their clothes on, with a trowel in one hand and a sword in the other. They slept with it, because they were ready. And the Bible says they finally finished the wall in 52 days. They built the entire walls of Jerusalem. Record time. And the Bible says, Seth Ballot heard about it and said he, he went into deep depression. Oh, that's not good. And what it was was the guy that had been yelling and screaming and threatening and hollering, shut up. Every time God tells you to do something, their cheerleaders from hell will come out of the woodwork. Who do you think you are? What do you think you're doing? Well, I'm going to do this right here. You can't do that. You're too old. You're too fat. You're too skinny. You're too poor. You're too dumb. You're not a hell will come out of the woodwork. People you know that like you will tell you, you can't do that. What are you thinking? That's crazy. Don't try to do that. Don't do that. You shouldn't do that. You can't do that. Hell has cheerleaders. We only have one. 
He's called God that made the universe, holds things together by the power of his word. He's a really good one to have. And so he finished. And when he finished, Sandal never threatened him again throughout the entire book. So what are you going to do? Well, what happened? Nehemiah heard that things aren't good in his family. What do you do? I need to go help my family. Did they ask you? No. You have anything to help them with? No, but I got a really nice rich guy I work for. I'll ask him. What are you going to ask him? Everything. What do you need? I need timber. I need soldiers. I need protection. I need some cash. And the guy said, okay, because I really like you. Most people won't even ask. Well, 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 well. The Bible says the righteous is bold as a lion. So you need to take some time this week, sit down and get a piece of paper. What do you need? Transmission leaking? You need a new transmission? Toilet won't flush? You need a new system in your toilet? Write it down. People well, only pray over spiritual stuff. Well, then you're stupid. <laughs> I pray over everything. I've laid hands over my septic tank. I've anointed my septic tank. Because <laughs> I called the guy to fix it because it wasn't working. When I'm out in the country in Oklahoma, we have septic tanks and stuff running through the woods. And so it wasn't working. So twice I call a guy and he's like, I got her fixed. I wrote him a check and he left. And then two days later, it won't flush again. Toilet's backing up. So I took my family. I grabbed a, a bottle of Wesson oil. We walked out to where by septic tank, because that's where the grass is the greenest in the yard. <laughs> and so... We stood there, we held hands, all eight of us. We took that lesson on. Father, I anoint this septic tank. I command it to work in Jesus' name. And I anointed that puppy. Then I called another guy that came out. And, and so he went, he went five minutes. He said, I fixed it. You couldn't have. What'd you do? Well, the exit was stopped up. The who guys pumped it out. They didn't, they didn't check the flow. You got no flow. It wasn't a septic tank. It's the flow. I fixed the flow because I'm real smart. I still got that bottle of Westnall. <laughs> that you can laugh all you want. There's times you need to anoint something, lay hands on something, stand against something, be for something. We're not just passed through, guys. We are the light and salt of this planet. We're to be a blessing to our neighbor, to our country, to our government, to our state. I mean, we're to be a blessing. Not put stupid bumper stickers on our truck. Not sing songs like, take this job and shove it. We're to be a blessing. We're the light and salt of the planet. And if we'll start doing that, angels start flapping wings and things will start happening. I don't know if they have wings. I just like to think they do. The four around the throne of God have wings. They got six wings. They're, they're winged up everywhere. <laughs> yeah, they've never made a movie with a six-winged angel. What's that? Well, that's just freakish. Well, that's the kind God has. He's real elaborate. <laughs> God loves to show off. And that's the God we serve. So start asking more, believing more, get your mouth moving in the right direction because the name's is writing down what you say anyhow. And if you don't say it, you're thinking it. So think on these things. You'll think on them. They might read me a proverb every day. Might read me a Bible verse. I might go to church when the door's open. I might volunteer. I might start paying my tithe. I might start teaching a class, being an usher, being a greeter. I'm going to sow me some seed because I need a crop. So we got a great opportunity in church. Amen. Let's stand up. 
Father, we thank you for the truth of your word that sets us free and keeps us free. We are so thankful that you placed us in the body of Christ where it pleases you. We are so thankful that we live in the last days when your spirit is poured out without measure. We're so thankful, Father, that we have gifts and callings, each one of us different, but you placed us where they'll be the most effective. So Father, use us this year, next year, and the years to come to be a blessing to everybody we meet. We are the salt and light of this planet, Father. We're gonna leave it better than we find it in Jesus' name and everybody said. Everybody bow your head just for 60 seconds. Nobody moving, nobody looking, just for one short minute. Two questions, two questions, nobody looking. Are you here today and you say, Joe, I do not know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I've never ever asked him into my heart, but God's been dealing with me about that. I think I'd like to do something about that today. Well, if that's you, I would like to pray a 30 second prayer over you right out of the book of Romans. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. I'm not gonna call you out. I'm not gonna call you forward. If that's you, and simply, in a few seconds, I'm simply gonna ask you to raise your hand, wave it at me, and put it right back down. I'm gonna see it, God's gonna see it. If you're willing to acknowledge you need a savior today, God in heaven will save you right where you stand. Old things will pass away, all things will become new, God will make you a new creature in Christ. It's that simple. Or perhaps you're here today and say, Joe, I'm saved. I just haven't been living for God lately. But I've been stirred today, Joe. I'm ready to get serious to Jesus. Well, if that's you, you can pray the same prayer these other people are gonna pray out of Romans, and God in heaven will forgive you every sin you've ever committed. He'll put it in the depths of the sea. He'll take it as far as the east is from the west. There'll be no record of your sin in heaven, and God will make the devil pay back seven times whatever he stole from you. That's the kind of God you serve. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, say, Joe, that's me, I need to get born again today. Would you pray that prayer for me? Joe, that's me, I'd like to rededicate my, my life today. If that's you on either count right now, would you simply get your hand up, wave it down and put it right back down? Joe, pray me, thank you, thank you, thank you there, thank you, thank you there. Thank you, thank you, sir. Thank you, thank you, ma'am, anyone else? Thank you, anyone else? If you not raise your hand, it's still not, it's not too late. Anybody else? Show not raise my hand yet. Please include me in prayer. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Oh yeah, right there. Thank you. Those two hands there. All right. Hands down, heads bowed, and eyes closed. Here's what we're going to do. Those of you that raised your hands, we're going to pray with you. And God's going to do the two greatest miracles he can do. He's going to save souls and forgive sins. So people, let's help them pray. Everybody in here say this after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I do believe he is your son. He died for me. And you raised him from the dead. I ask him now, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me. Forgive me of my sin. I receive you by faith with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Now, Father, for the hands that went up this morning, either for the first time ever, or as a simple reaffirmation of their faith in you, according to your holy word and their obedience, is right now they are cleansed, forgiven, blood born again, children of God. Jesus Christ is their Lord. The devil's not their Lord anymore. They are your sheep. You are their shepherd. They're going to hear your voice and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. We welcome both into the family back into the fold. Lord, as they leave today, surround them again with that divine favor. Bring great godly friends that will strike around with them and cause them to grow in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. give them a hand clap, people. God bless.
Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.